welcome to the King of All Kings podcast. Street Vibes. Street Vibes. Hosted by Kenny Caraway and Jason Jones. All right, all right. Back here on J Street Vibes with Jason Jones, Kenny Caraway. I mean, what, you know, what, 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 what we doing? We campaigning and campaigning back there. You, you got, you got a cup somewhere. What's up? Man? I think uh, on the first one, you got a cup. I mean, I got a cup over here, but it's just water. Oh, okay. I, I, I was sipping on I something last night. No. I'm trying to be a little coherent tonight. You know, I don't want to get on here and you know start saying things and be like, oh, did I say that last night? Oh, my hey, bad. Man. You know, J Street Vibes, aka Drink Chaps out here. You know, it's it's all good. It's all good. That's what we do. We do a little champagne in the campaign and talking basketball. Um, before the break, though, we talked about uh some of the playmakers that this team has compared to in years past. And uh we started to to name some names, but I gotta be honest with you, Jay. The number one playmaker outside of Sabonis and Fox this year has been none other. Then my main man, Malik Monk. You can attest to this. I've been saying Kings need to go get Malik Monk since he was on the board and they were on the clock at number 10 and they decided to trade the pick away for Justin Jackson and my main man, Harry Giles. I like Harry Giles. That's my guy. I mean, I don't have no problem with Justin Jackson, but Harry, that's my boy, man. I'm still not okay that it didn't work out with Harry. But Malik was right there. The Kentucky, the Kentucky connection was right there, and I said, "Yo, go get that man and pair him up with Fox." They didn't do they, it. We spent six years. Could have got Donovan at that spot, but hey, we digress. Six years, six years in the wilderness, but he's finally in Sacramento, where he always belonged. And Jason is balling. The man is balling. You saw every. I, I seen him a lot just because I liked his game for a long time. So I saw him in Charlotte and with the Lakers. But you saw pretty much every game he played last year with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Is this the norm for him, or is he showing you another level to his game that a lot of people hadn't seen coming into this season? I mean, this playmaking is a different thing. I mean, Malik had some big games with the Lakers last year, and he was one of them things where I said, he's playing so well, they're not going to keep him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember the Lakers signed Malik Monk, and he basically was almost like a throwaway guy. Like, no one, no one would touch him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he got probably an unfair bad rap in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And just never, it never got any traction out there. And Lakers pick him up kind of as a, hey, we just need some bodies and get him on a minimum deal. And he balled out for the Lakers. I mean, I was hoping that, some, you know, I remember he wrote this, they had this whole story. He's talking about, you know, I'll take less to stay. As soon as the guy says, I'll take less to stay, I'm like, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he won't be back. And sure enough, he ends up headed up north. And you just look at his numbers from last, you know, the points per game aren't that much different. I mean, he was at 13.8 last season, which was a career high with the Lakers. Now you put him at 14.7. The big jump is the assist. 2.9 mm-hmm. last season, 4.3 this season. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, career high pace for free throw percentage, you know, and you look at the just the minutes played, he played, he's playing less minutes per game in sack, but the scoring is about the same and the assists are up. Mm. So, it's I mean. Like you mentioned, the playmaking is, is crazy for him. Like, I, I I, I obviously have loved him since I've seen him in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a bucket. You know, I knew he had unbelievable athleticism. But the way he sets up for his teammates and his vision, I mean, let's call it what it is, his vision out there on the court 
he's not looked at as a playmaker or a point guard, I should say, but he's got the vision of a point guard out there. Like he, he sees guys, he finds guys and delivers the rock to him. And that pass he made to Fox the other day, that kind of like wrap around back at an angle for a three. Mm. That that's that's next level vision. That's knowing the offense. That's knowing where your guys are supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's. I mean, he's going to be in the six man of the year race. Mm. Especially as long as the king, he's he's going to be in that race, and it's going to be it's legitimate, and it, it'll be deserved if he keeps this up. I mean. He's been a better defender than I think anyone would have thought because all we ever heard about Malik was that he didn't play defense. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's more so there could be there could be several reasons why a guy gets that rap. And sometimes it's not even a fair rap because a guy gets labeled a bad defender early in his career and can never shake that yeah. no matter what he does. But, I mean, yeah, this, this like I said, as a Laker fan, I shed a thug tear when I watched Malik go for 20 and 30. You know, but, you know, my only solace is that they found their Malik this year in Lonnie Walker, who they'll probably lose next season. Uh, <laughs> and, and, like AD, and AD has decided to channel his inner shack lately. Oh, my you gosh. Know. He's mine. He lost yeah, his mind. So but, that, that gave me a little bit of solace. But I, lo- I liked Malik. Malik Monk won the Lakers games last season. I know they didn't win a lot, but Malik, when they did win, Malik played well. Man. A lot and, of he, and And the other thing about him – um, that I feel like you maybe saw a little bit in LA. Uh, you talked about how, you know, in, in Charlotte, you know, he got a bad rap and you know, it just didn't really work out. But I feel like I, you, you saw him mature a little bit with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's in full force. Like he's, yeah. we, we talked about this on the show. He's a leader for this team. He's a leader. They take on his personality from time to time. They take on his confidence. There's been a couple of different occasions where, you know, they lose a tough game. They lost a tough game at the Warriors where Herter gets fouled, no call at the end of the game, and they blew a lead. And, and Malik was the, the main one to come up to the podium and say, man, we right there. No, 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 we ain't sweating this. We right there. And then you got another situation um, after they lost three in a row. And he's like, I'm not going to let us, you know, fold. I'm not going to let us, uh, you know, take a step backward. We work too hard. And, God damn it, they they didn't fall. Before, they were right there, and they went on to win seven straight. And he just kind of – he's showing a lot of leadership skills that I didn't know that he had. But, you know, to your point, he's in a, he's in a different spot. Like, you, you know this. You've covered the league for a long time. Sometimes it's not necessarily about talent or what you can do. It's about where you're at in, in the, the position that you're in. And does it allow you to flourish? Is it, is it a good mix with, you know, teammates or coaches? And he seems to have found a home with Mike Brown and his boy De'Aaron Fox and the way they play and they let him be Malik. Seems to have found a home here in Sacramento. Fans love him. Like they, the fans love Malik Monk right now. It is a love fest. Yeah, Laker fans love him too. And I think coming out of what he was around last season – he saw probably some examples of of when when leadership isn't all the way engaged. And I think he probably learned some things from that Laker situation. I mean, you probably pick up some things being around LeBron, but that situation last year was chaos a lot. And I'm pretty sure he said, okay, take what I, he probably took some things from that in terms of how to be a better leader. I mean, people forget, what is he? 23, 24. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way the news cycle goes now, we start hearing about these elite guys when they're like 13, 14. Right. So by the time they get to the league, it feels like they're 24. 
Like he's nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's nineteen. Like a lot of yeah. these guys, Beer and Malik, we've seen them for so long. It feels like they're close to thirty. <laughs> they're yeah, nearly twenty. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I think you know a lot of times in the way the league is now, the way contracts are set up, you got to make a decision on a guy time after year three or four. The guy's not fully who he's going to be. He may not be a superstar, but he's got a niche in the league. And I think one thing last season did for Malink was it gave him a chance to show that he does belong in the league. Yeah. I think there. I mean, it's crazy to me the Lakers got him so cheap. Mm-hmm. But you know, a, a lottery pick who basically a lot of people just kind of felt like he was done, which is crazy. Yeah. And a lot of times he said it is fit. And his last two stops, he's found his fit. And he's he's got a great fit now. The role the Kings use him in is just perfect. Like I said, his his you know his minutes are down from last season, but his shots and everything are about the same. Mm-hmm. And there are you know sometimes it, um, when you get labeled as being a scorer, maybe a coach doesn't trust you to handle the ball and you know and facilitate. It's clear in this offense there's trust, and he's allowed to be more than just a scorer. Mm-hmm. And he's and I think he, I, I think he's he's done great. He's doing great in that role. No, absolutely. And you talk about um, trying to look it up here as we're talking and you talk about, you know, the the, the deal that the um, Lakers were able to get him on. I think the Kings, deal, I want to I want to be specific here. They got him for, I think, two years, 18 million. Or something yeah, pretty like much the mid level, I believe. Yeah, pretty two much the mid level. So he's making nine million dollars a year, you know, and the impact that he's having with this team. Um, it's it's worth way more than that, you know, than than the nine million dollars a year. You know, the crazy thing about it was, once again, I'm a, I'm a Malik Monk stand. I've been I've been riding with this guy since I can vouch for that. Kentucky. I can um, vouch for that. When he when he signed with the Kings, I was you know happy about it, but I was like, ah, oh, I can see how this is gonna go. I know he's going to ball out. And at the end of the second year, there's going to be all these questions of can they keep him? And why didn't they sign him to a three-year deal and not a two-year deal? Or it's early. We're not even at the end of the first year, but we're, we're trending that way. But you know what? The thing about it, you listen to Malik talk and you, you hear, I hear him in different interviews and things of that nature. And it seems like this is Sacramento's his type of vibe, right? Like he's not, He's not an L.A. guy or New York. Like, if he has to go there, he'll be fine. But he said a number of different times, I'm a country boy, man. I'm from Arkansas. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm good with how things are. You match that with the fact that if this team is good, uh, he says he loves, you know, the energy of the fans. This boy, De'Aaron Fox, is locked up for a couple of years. I, I'm, I'm talking right now. I know I'm probably talking reckless and way, way too early. I think Malik Monk's going to be here for a while. I think he'll be here for a while. Yeah, unless somebody jump in and offer him twenty something million a year, I mean, well, I mean, we got to hear some books coming off. We got to hear some Barnes coming off the books. It could happen still, you know. And the cap goes like, up. Ain't that what they always? Yeah. Always, don't worry about it. The the, the, the cap's going to go up. And I'm a firm believer in that teams will figure out a way to keep players they want to keep. Hmm. You know, if you want to keep a guy, you'll figure out a way. You know, and then at that point, if the Kings are you know a playoff team and they're winning consistently. You may not mind being in that luxury tax. And for everything I know, Vivek Ranadive has no problem going into the tax for a good team. Mm-hmm. And like you said, country guys, country boys like Sacramento. Brad Miller, Demarcus, guys from the country, like this is pretty cool. You know, it's like 
it's not where I'm from, but it's like it's faster than where I'm from, but it's not too, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think, and I, and I've always said too about even the whole destination deal and where guys want to be and who, you know, will a guy stay in Sacramento? I always say guys will stay what they have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. If they're comfortable and they have a chance to win, you know, you talk about guys moving around. Usually you talk about your impact guys, you know, your superstars, but most guys are going to stay where they have a chance to win mm-hmm. if given, if given the choice. And so if the Kings are playing well, guys are going to want to stay. And then you won't be that team that guys get their last paycheck on the way out to, to retirement, which the Kings were notorious for. Well, you know what? The other thing about it, too, and I've said this a number of different times. I mean, you know, look, I'm, I'm born and raised in Sacramento, lived in the Bay Area, lived in L.A. You know, I've got a taste of it all. I love all three of those places. But I've said a number of different times. The hardest part for the majority of these guys is getting them to Sacramento. Because once they get here, a lot of these guys are like, damn, it's cool here. Like, I like it. And you've got guys that stay forever yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like once they're there, like i had a perception of it when you know i'm flying in and out of town from as an opposing uh player and you know just the the thought of sacramento like, i don't want to go there then i get here and you know it's like damn all right it is actually pretty cool like i could stay here for a while yeah i think the change to the new arena help i mean you fly somebody in you take them to arco it's like really yeah i'm gonna be here for a minute i'm out <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they never were able to build that Fridays they were supposed to build in the Tillman. <laughs> they talked about it for, for about seven years and it never yeah, got We just get this crowd. Fridays cracking. I'm telling you, <laughs> take a free agent. And the cool thing, here's a true story. When James Johnson was traded to Sacramento, you know where I met up for him in, at Hooters? <laughs> the one over at the whole area where Walmart. And the yeah, and he ordered a, a platter of Daytona wings. And we talked over wings. And I was like, yeah, you know, in L.A., we might have been in somewhere, you know, a little fancy restaurant, you know. Yeah. We might have been in Beverly Hills. You get the sack. Want to meet it? We meet at Hooters. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, – I think – and like I said, I really do believe a lot of the – you know, like I said, right now I'm, in, I'm on location, so to speak, in Bakersfield, California. And in Bakersfield, that's a place. Bro, I if I got traded to Bakersfield, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you get traded here. I think you you're playing in the G League. So, <laughs> but you know, it's you know, is it, is it is it a spot where you say, yeah, I would love to be there for sure. No, but you get there and you're like, you know what? It ain't as bad as I thought it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sacramento's the same way. The Sacramento has an NBA team. They don't have that out here. But you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think once you get you field roadrunners, I can't talk because they beat my basketball. They beat Cal a couple of times, or I can't. Who has it now? Pretty much, it's like you know, dang, who has who doesn't get a turn? You know, shoot. <laughs> I'm like, and I, I, someone hit me about they're doing this story about who would win between Cal and Louisville, and they needed my prediction immediately because, well, Cal has a winnable game against Eastern. I'm like. This is Cal. I don't know what You know, I was thinking when you first said that, I was like, what the hell kind of question is that? But Louisville is like really terrible this year, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah, they're, 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 both, all, they're both 0 and 8. Oh, no, Cal's 0 and 9. <laughs> and other day when they played Arizona, I misread the score and got excited. I'm like, 88 81. I'm like, oh, that's a 68. My bad. <laughs> I was like, they beat Arizona. Let me shut. I'm like, let me hit Luke Walton and talk. Uh, <laughs> 
I can't say a well, word right now. Well, that is an improvement, though. Hey, what did you say? 80, 81 68? It's not, I mean, it's not really an improvement considering this is the same team that like trailed Southern almost all night and had to rally to make it close against UC Davis and has now been <laughs> swept the last two years by UC San Diego. I mean, the UC system is kicking the ass of Cal. You know, you know, you can't play UCLA yet. Well, look, here's the bad thing about it, though, or one thing you can hang your hat on, and we're going to take a break and come right back after this. I saw today that Oregon State lost to Portland State twice this year already. How does that happen? How have they played them twice already? I don't know. But, I mean, you look look around, you know, I think uh, Grambling beat Colorado, Mm. uh, Cal lost to Southern, and everyone else. Maybe, maybe, maybe USC and UCLA—they're they, right to get out the Pac-12 because. Did, who did who did uh, USC? Then they schedule a, a, a kind of a cakewalk game to start the season, and they lost. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. You know, outside of Arizona, I can't think of a great Pac-12 team right now. I haven't, I haven't really followed it because when Cal is this bad, I just go ahead and be like. We can't even go to the transfer portal for Cal. Anybody transferring to Cal? You know, I had this, I had this uh, idea because I got you know jealous during like Thanksgiving during Feast Week, and I see all these places with like college basketball tournaments. I was like, "Yo, Sacramento needs, oh man, get together, get a get a, a college basketball tournament together. Get you know some of these best teams on the on the West Coast or California in general. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't have the ones that make sure they're all in different conferences because nobody wants to play conference games upon right. But Sac State, uh, Fullerton, Long Beach, you know, take your choice out of one of the Fullertons or Long Beach or something. Take a choice between Fresno State, uh, San Diego State, and the Mountain West. Take a choice between UOP and, and St. Mary's and all this other stuff. And then people were like, well, get Cal and Stanford in there. And I said, no, they're not going to join in there, mainly because they would lose. <laughs> and then team trying to lose to uh, a WCC team. They're not playing. I mean, at this point, there's really any shame in Cal at this point. I mean, it'd just be good to get out there and get a good run in because they're just, you know, I have my homies a scout. He was like, I thought I was going to tell you they were struggling. He's like, no, this is a pretty bad team. <laughs> he was like, I'm, he's like, this is, like, it's worse in person. Uh, he was like, yeah, never mind. He was like, I was trying to give you a pep talk about, yeah, it's not that bad. He was like, no, I'm, I can't lie to you. It's awful. Well, this isn't, this isn't, uh, what Telegraph Street vibes here. This is Jay Street vibes. Should have hired my man, Dennis Gates. <laughs> no, they don't listen to me. They, they need to listen to the professor. You are a professor. They don't listen to me. They don't listen to me. Oh, well, yeah, let's move on before I start crying. But, this is a very but, sad but, topic. Uh, uh, to, to the moral of the story um, here is shout out to Malik Monk. He's balling. Keep doing what you're doing, Malik. Keep doing. Yeah, don't leave Sacramento, Malik, even though it's not due to leave anytime soon. They're not- campaigning now, Malik. Please don't leave. Please hey, don't Ma- leave. Malik, I'll mow your lawn. <laughs> we have to pull out the, the Malik. I'll mow your lawn. Put it on a billboard. <laughs> wow, that, that would be epic only for them to hit the Lakers to get cast base and re-sign them. And I missed it here, guys. I love L.A. Oh, man. But, yeah, man, we're going to take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we'll talk about the first game of this six-game road trip, the six-game road trip from hell 
on the way for the Sacramento Kings <laughs> as they take on the Bucks on Wednesday. It's Kenny Caraway, Jason Jones, JC Vibes. We'll be right back. 